Welcome to the Divorce Comeback Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B., certified and trauma-informed divorce coach, professional planner, and go-to gal for navigating the next steps of your divorce journey. I'm so happy you've tuned in for the tools, topics, and truth talk to start transforming your life today. I truly believe that there are no setbacks in life, only set-ups for epic comebacks. So without further delay, let's continue creating your comeback today. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. My incredible guest today is a repeat expert. The incredible Stacey Zapansky is the author of Unlocking Love, How Being Catfish Deepened My Faith and Led Me on a Journey to Wholeness. Stacey is a former classroom teacher and now finds joy in being a literacy coach. She enjoys traveling, being out in nature, and taking the time to enjoy God's little blessings. Through her healing journey, Stacy has grown to recognize singleness as a gift and loves meeting new people. And you can check out her first appearance on this show by checking out episode 158, Unlocking Love After Catfish Deception. Welcome back to the show, Stacy. Hi, Heidi. Thanks for having me again. I'm super excited. This was just meant to be, this episode is airing right around Valentine's Day. So it's a good time for people to really lean in. Those people who are maybe spending that time of the year, which can be super triggering in love, depending on where you're at on your journey. And so this gift of singleness topic is going to be really, really important. But you released your first episode on this show days after your book release. And then shortly after that, I got a copy and I binge read it in just over one day. I'm going to say one day because if you put the hours together, I think I read it in like eight hours because I couldn't put it down. Honestly, there are so many feels throughout the book, some that I could relate to deeply, some that made me want to jump through and shake the version of you that was there and be like, what are you doing? But most that made me feel super inspired. It truly was a collection of all the feels and I just want to say thank you publicly for your courage to write this book because it takes self-compassion, it takes safety and self-certainty and willingness to share such a vulnerable, all-encompassing story, not only about your journey, but about the various seasons of love and relationship to yourself, with yourself, with God, with others. So I just encourage anybody who's listening who hasn't listened to your high-level chat, to pause now, go listen to episode 158, and then come back and pick up here, or at least go back and tune in after this conversation. So I just got to quick ask you, since you released the book just a few months ago, what's the response been? How's the feedback? What are the feels? Well, as you're talking, Heidi, I'm tearing up. Obviously, our listeners cannot see it, but it has been a beautiful, I could describe it as a beautiful whirlwind. So the main thing that really has been surfacing is, and that has been unexpected, has been all the people who have been reading it, messaging me or writing a review on Amazon or Goodreads and connecting in different ways. Not one person who has left a comment or connected with me has their connections been the same? And that has been the beauty of this book. And you just kind of uh, just kind of touched on that of 
this book is for really anybody. It's not if you have, you don't have to be catfished to read this story. This is about navigating relationships. And even for you to say, Heidi, like I wanted to jump through the book and shake you. I get it because it's my healing. I want to shake myself too. But on the same note, I wouldn't be who I am today without those moments. Yes. And we have to remember that. And I have, I had someone who wrote a review on Amazon and I connected to her. My detective, <laughs> detective moments come in sometimes. And I, she had a QR code to her Etsy account and I connected with her and she's a little bit older, but she, her response She's married for 15 years, but her response is, this is the book that I needed when I was in my 20s. Yes, and she me too. And she has a daughter who is in her 20s and is hoping that her daughter connects to it too. And I've said it before too on maybe even the podcast we did before of, this is the book that I was searching for. Yeah when I was going through hardship. So it's just been beautiful. It's been beautiful to see how different people have connected along the way. And I'm open to wherever it's taking me next. I love that you called out the fact that this is not just kind of like a heal after breakup kind of a book. It It's really so much more than that. And as you were speaking, I thought, oh my gosh, this is a really good like going off to college book because it really is in your 20s where either you're in a relationship, but then you're going on to go through this whole other phase. I just remember the version of me going off to college. I had just gotten out of a serious relationship. Well, what I thought was like the most serious relationship ever relationship I had in high school, I thought was the most serious relationship ever. And then I got into college and all the things, but it was like, I wish I would have read that before I stepped foot on campus because it would have revealed to me the types of red flags to look for in myself. Not necessarily, well, and in the dating world too, but really in myself of going, are you showing up like that, Heidi? Like, are you showing up like that? Because remember how she had to find herself first and she learned all these things after the fact. What if there was a way to start really getting this book in the hands of more and more women specifically? I mean, men need it too. We all need relationship support, but this really speaks volumes to your own personal journey, but it is a shared story that so many women going through personal growth and development or not even realizing that that's an option to them um, is so important. So it's beautiful. And I'm glad that you're getting the feedback that it deserves. Yeah. And I thank you. I also want to reiterate, I've also talked about this on other podcasts and things, but this, I don't call this my book, actually. I call it our book because when everything did happen, with being catfish. And I explained this in that last podcast, but God spoke into me of saying, you're going to write a book someday for, for people to feel less alone. And so it is, I truly believe it's his story told through me. However, it's also the people who read it, it's connecting to their story as well. So you connect to it and no matter what experiences you have had, you're able to draw from that. And then also just what you had said of a book going into college of you're going to experience things no matter what age you're at. Yeah. But how powerful could it be if you read a book like this and you have that in the back of your mind 
as a little seed planted. So if it does come up, you're like, oh, this has happened to someone else. Maybe I should check myself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because a lot of times we just make up stories in our heads because we're, well, I must be the only one thinking this or I must be the only one doing that or that was so stupid. I can't tell anybody about that. So without having to tell anybody, giving yourself permission to go, oh, somebody else did that. It's okay, but we're not going to keep making the same mistake. Like, look at how it can turn out when we honor ourselves. So today's topic is all about the gift of singleness. And after reading this book, I shared with you that I highlighted so many golden nuggets. And I can see now why this topic is so important because I see so many single women scared of their singleness and maybe even afraid of being stuck in singleness forever. I hear these phrases, phrases like this all the time. You know, there's nothing left in my life. I'm going to be single forever. There are all these stories and fears and limiting beliefs and not to mention societal pressures, right, to be in partnership. But your book reminded me of all of the lessons and growth that come from the singleness space and why it's actually really, really necessary and needed to explore and enjoy your time on your own and Mm -hmm. stop being in such a rush. So I got the feeling so many times during your book that you felt like there was this time crunch, right? And every time you finished with a serious relationship, you were willing to put yourself out there and start start looking for Mr. Right again. And at one point, you were really intentional about telling men that you were looking for your husband, letting them know right where you stood, right where you stand. Did you feel in a rush or pressure to find your person? And where was that coming from? Like, why do so many of us feel this urgency? It's our society and our culture that makes us feel like we have to be on this timeline. And I write about it. Um, I actually have a timeline jotted down of the, the person that I had been dating three and a half years ago. There was, I write about the pressure I felt of him proposing, you know, and hearing from I'm sure not intentionally, but this is words are powerful. So when you're dating someone for however long and you are hearing, well, why is this person not proposing to you? It is like a pressure. And then you start spiraling and you second guess things and you tell yourself stories. And throughout this journey, there is a societal timeline. And I've expressed before that my faith is really important to me. And so something that I've reflected on is I believe that a lot of people, instead of going inward, our culture tends to throw stuff at us that might try to fix the brokenness. So for example, the next materialistic thing, diets, extravagant events and trips, Instead of finding out who we really are, we try to cover up or fix someone we aren't. And the more we do that, the deeper in the hole we get, and it will take more time to get out. So it's, I've started to use the word countercultural because what I view is to a certain extent countercultural. However, I have it's important to be in this space for a while. Yeah. Singleness is a season. We're not guaranteed. We are never, we're not guaranteed marriage. We're just not. And so would you rather live your life 
or would you rather just stay stuck mm-hmm. in I'm single, I'm going to just sit on the couch. There's there's a time and place for that through your healing journey, but it's a choice. And so that urgency, you have to, again, going countercultural, you have to counteract that. Yeah. Because it's out there. And it's, yeah. it's that acknowledging it and being aware of it. And then I, just being still. Yeah. I remember feeling that pressure all the time. I mean, all of my friends were married before me. I lived mm-hmm. at, at the time when that's what you did. Like right after you graduated, you did everything in an order right after you graduated from college. Then you got married and then you bought the house and then you did the thing. And, da, 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 da. and so I was well, already... Wait, wait, Heidi, I think that's on page... Um, <laughs> what page is that? It's, <laughs> it's <laughs> yes, it's in there. And I, I, I just remember buying and basically what happened was I, I bought into that belief and then I put the pressure on my partner to do that. And I bought into the urgency package too. And honestly, when we ended up getting divorced, he was like, I just, I never really wanted to be married in the first place. And I remember being like, are you kidding me? We've been together for 11 years. And he was like, remember back when, when I was like, I don't really want to get married yet. And you were like, well, let's get married or don't. He was like, well, I didn't like want to lose you. So I did the thing that I thought we were supposed to do. And, you know, it's everywhere. It's not just with women, it's with men too. And it's, it's tough. So that's a hard lesson to have to learn the long way, but I had to learn that, that one, the long way. And do you think it's, um, I'm a big proponent in talking, (laughs) talking things out. And I think with podcasts and just conversations like this, I, my hope is, for others to hear these messages and be able to open up a little bit more. Granted, someone's not everyone's going to write a book about their whole life or be able to have a podcast like you do, Heidi, and just put it out all out there. But what it just makes me wonder, you know, if there's a shift happening in our culture of just being more open to talking about it. So you do find connection and realize you're not alone in this season, whatever season that is that you're living in right now. I do think that people are starting to communicate differently now. And I think that there is a bigger population that is buying into the belief that vulnerability is good, which I believe it is. Mm -hmm. And through that, we're creating more growth and expansion as a collective, but it's not everybody. It is, it's only part of the collective. So I think we're getting there and it's different. The other thing that I, that I want to also say is it, it wasn't wrong of me to want to get married. And it wasn't wrong of me at that time to communicate that to my partner. And it wasn't wrong of him to say, I don't really want to. And it wasn't wrong of me to say, well, stay or leave, stay or go. But what What I can say now is that in hindsight, what I learned is what didn't fit was that I didn't understand why I wanted to get married now. I just wanted to get married because that's what I felt like I was supposed to do at this leg of my life. And that to me was the missing piece. It, it, the intention behind it, it, it didn't match. It wasn't what I actually wanted. It's what I thought I should do. So I think to anybody who's feeling like they want to have that conversation or they're in that relationship or they've been in that relationship, nobody's wrong, but we just have to understand like where that's at. Did he mean that he never wanted to get married? No, he didn't. 
he he actually meant he just wasn't ready just yet, which probably would have done us some good, but it is what it is. I don't regret anything, but I hope that people can learn to be more inquisitive and understand like, well, why do I want that? Why do I want that job? Why am I staying later at work? Why am I going on that vacation or not going on that vacation? Why do I need to have kids right now or not? Like all these decisions that we go ahead and make, even like, why do I want to go out to dinner tonight? Like I started asking myself a lot of why questions when I was going through the comeback comeback stage of my life. And um, being inquisitive is such a powerful part of the journey. You mentioned several times in your book that that your reason for sharing the story is to remind others that they're not alone. What did you start doing to feel less alone? I knew I would get there. What did you start doing to, doing to feel less alone? Or maybe what would you tell other people now, having been through all that you've been through to support that time that can keep, feel so isolating? Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely want to acknowledge that I did feel alone at the beginning. And I say now because of the work that I've done, you can feel lonely, but I I truly believe that we're never alone. But on the same note, like I did feel alone because I felt like I was the only one. I had so much shame with this situation and this betrayal that no one would understand. Again, it was going back to the narratives and the stories I was telling myself and that for me, the enemy just speaking into me, the lies and those limited beliefs. So. I was afraid to share about this experience because I just felt no one would understand. Mm. But every time, every time what I've learned is every time I have shared a piece of my story. And let me tell you, it started very small. Yes. But every time it released a little bit more. And so again, not everybody will relate to this story and connect to the exact story that I have because we all have our individual stories. But I will say, I can't remember what page it's on, but I believe in it's better out than in probably many capacities. But like when you hold, when you hold in your feelings and your emotions, you will eventually explode. Yeah. When you keep shoving them down. So it's whether, and in saying that, that kind of leads into me uh, talking about what are some things that I did. I'm a big journaler. So yeah. I journaled a lot. I allowed myself to just be still and cry, pray, journal, write, talk out loud. You don't even have to talk to anybody. Yeah, no, that's important. It's really important. It's okay to... Like we use a lot of different coping mechanisms, but one healthy coping mechanism is to self-soothe through self-conversation, to talk to yourself, to feel the vibration of your vocal cords being heard, allowing your pain to be heard, allowing your sorrow and grief to be heard, allowing your loss to be heard, because grief can't actually move through us unless it is seen and heard and recognized. So that's actually a really great suggestion is to is to talk out loud. And a, an easy way to start doing that is to journal, like you said, because you're a writer. And even if you don't consider yourself a writer, just start writing your feelings and then read your journal out loud to yourself. It's a really simple way to start. So sorry, so sorry to interrupt your stream of thought, but no, that was powerful. I, I Yeah, I completely agree. And the 
what I found out too about journaling, I usually at the end of each year, I'll go through, I usually average four or five journals a year and I'll reread them all uh, before the new year just to see how I've grown and what areas I've grown in, what areas I might still need to grow in with celebrations and moments of joy that have happened throughout. And also it kind of goes into starting small, like those small steps. So whether that just be journaling one or two things you're grateful for, or journaling bullet in bullet form, and then reading it out loud to yourself. However, I'm also very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I encourage everybody to find a therapist or counselor or a coach in some aspect because there is power. I have a lot of friends and they they know me for me and they will protect me probably more so sometimes than I'll protect myself. However, I have found throughout my journey and I've had a couple uh counselors. And then I'm, I have my life coach therapist right now for the past seven and a half years and just getting it out loud and having a neutral person to speak back and ask the questions to make you think. Yes. Really like having a good coach, mentor, therapist, someone, some that neutral zone to help extract the things that are already there. That's really what their job is, is to reflect back where you're at and then extract even more about you that you didn't, that's already in there that you just need to have come out just a little bit further. I just thought of something that I did to feel less alone as well. And it's something I haven't thought of before, but I I did it a lot. I put myself in public places because the energy around people was really healing, even though I did, I wasn't sitting across from someone. In the very beginning, I wasn't really ready to be with people, but I needed to be in the energy of others. So what that looked like was going to a coffee shop with my journal and getting a good hot cocoa or my favorite coffee or an espresso because they had a nice little jazzy background noise or a fireplace. Like there were many coffee shops that I frequented, to be quite honest, because each one had different, different vibes and things like that. Or sitting out on the back porch at my apartment complex. So at the time I lived at, at an apartment complex and there was a community area. So I would put myself intentionally in different community spaces and places, even if you just go to the library and read a book. At the library, there are people... And energies there in safe spaces and places where you can still feel human and energized. And that electricity around others is really, really important for our nourishment. So even if you're not ready, go sit in a space, even a park where you know there will be people. Drive to one that has some people sitting around or walking around or in motion. And then just plant yourself, ground yourself, and let the energies flow around you. And that's what I was going to say too. Coffee shops were huge and they still are for me, but also being outside, fresh air. For me, it's, I call the outside God's playground. There's so much beauty surrounding and it's just being able to be in a space without, you know, without any noise other than just nature and the birds singing. And I did say some, sometimes you might be at a low place in your valley And it will take 
everything. You might be listening and thinking, oh, it's going to take everything to get me out for a walk or go and sit at a park or um, but do it. Like yeah. we grow in the discomfort and uncomfortable times and it doesn't have to, you don't have to spend money to do that either. Yeah, absolutely right. So the gift of signal singleness is really uncovered and explored in part three of your book, because there's different sections of the book, which is discovering my identity. And a huge part of self-discovery happened while you were doing some solo travel. So you literally just made the choice to go on your own, let life reveal what it would along the way, the people, the lessons, the self-discovery that you were open to all, all of it. And it did in a big way. It, it had some significant deliveries. So let's dive in. What are some of the greatest gifts of signal singleness that you've uncovered on your journey so far? The world is so big. The world is so big. Yet it's also so small. <laughs> so again, I go back. A lot of people say, how can you travel to Europe for 30 days with a backpack? Well, I didn't start there. So I started at going to a movie by myself or sitting on the couch by myself, like those little steps along the way. But I will say I was in Greece and I was sitting at dinner by myself because I went by myself. And I was looking around and one of the biggest gifts that singleness has brought me is noticing people in a different way, noticing how big this world is, noticing how, as I sat there, so many people of different color, race, ethnicity, cultures, beliefs, religions were passing me by. And in that moment, I felt so strongly of we in America, especially of just the tension that we are engulfed in and it can be heavy, but my job is to love and not judge anyone. And just like everyone else's job. And it just really woke me up to how big our world is and the people you meet along the way. I always kind of jokingly say my next book is going to be called the people you meet along the way because because of i have to tell you singleness gets you a lot of places so prime example i was in italy with a very very long line to this amazing view restaurant and i was able to put my name in and say there's one and i've been working on my just one or it's just me so again, that language piece. So I said, it's it's me. Three minutes. I'm not kidding you. Three minutes later, I was in. So it gets you little places. <laughs> I don't know. But the people are so beautiful. People are just amazing. And you have to be open to listening to their story. And I think that truly is the biggest gift that singleness has brought of just saying yes, saying yes to sitting by yourself because you're really not alone. Like you had said, when you go to a coffee shop, you have people around you and you don't have to engage if you don't feel like it. But sometimes you do want to connect and all it takes is a smile and a hello and you never know who you'll meet along the way. I love yeah. that advice, a smile and a hello, because I was just going to ask you, but how do you start? Where do you start? And it is as simple as that. And I don't want people to overthink this part of it. It's as simple as a smile and a hello, 
even one that I find works really great all the time when I travel is like, where are you from? Where are you from? Where have you been this week that, that I have to go, that I should go? Getting curious about someone else and then they'll just kind of start to go and grow. And if they don't, that's okay. That just means they're not meant for you right now. And it's okay. You know, it's yeah. not, re- it's never rejection in our life. It's always redirection. It's mm-hmm. a really, really powerful pra- phrase that I've learned to live with. So yeah, I love that. A smile and a, <laughs> a smile and a hello. So good. And, yeah. That really goes a long way. I have a quick example. Um, one of my first solo adventures after COVID, actually it was my first, I went to Savannah, Georgia. I've always wanted, I took two personal days, something I've never done before because I was another gift of singleness has been to put myself first yeah, a little bit more because you pour out so much to others. So, but I had this table and there was, and it was a longer wait and there was this younger guy. I don't know. He was probably 21 and it was just him. And I invited smile and a hello. And I invited him. We had actually dinner together and he was able to share with me how he just lost his mom and that he was traveling. And it just, if I didn't do that smile and hello, I wouldn't have met him. I wouldn't have I'm now Instagram friends with him and seeing his beauty and photography. Sometimes you never know where that adventure will take you. Yeah. And it could just be another connection, um, another person. And I, that saying of you meet people, I, I believe that people come into your life for a reason and a season or a lifetime, and mm-hmm. you never know what it will be, but you just embrace it. That's beautiful. I mean, it could just be a quick conversation. That's it. And that's enough, you know? Yes. Okay. It's time for a 10 second break to tell you about something great. Did you know that there's a community of divorced women who meet up virtually on a weekly basis and heal through divorce together? That's right. Our 12 week comeback community and group coaching experience provides the roadmap, the resources, and the relationships needed to navigate your new normal, create your comeback and thrive after divorce. Take it from me, when you've got a plan and a partner in place, you'll be moving forward faster in no time. Visit divorcecomebackcoach.com and book your free clarity call with me, Heidi B, today and see if it's a fit. All right, let's get back to the show. I really, really love in your book how you say singleness is truly a gift and it's a choice to see it as such. You say it's our choice whether we want to embrace our singleness or wallow in it, feeling sorry for ourselves. What has life really revealed to you since choosing to embrace singleness? Because I love the power of choice. It is so empowering. Mm -hmm. Choice is so empowering. And being an educator, I see it in a whole different way too of a lot of times, and we just live in a go, go, go world. Like, what's the next thing? What am I doing? I mean, I even started this podcast, I think it was before, of what's next? Like that that was my next thing. And I think it was before the show we started. We had this conversation, but I've had that ruminating in my head. What's next? Now that the book is out, what's next? What's next? And I had to acknowledge, like, just be still. Enjoy this time. And it's a choice. I I could have easily taken the path of 
woe me, like wallow in. I'm not saying for a second that I have not grieved and that it's grief is an ebb and flow and it's there's stages of grief and there will be moments that grief comes up again. And there will be moments that I need to make the choice of scheduling another life coaching session (laughs) through things. But I chose to, I know myself and I'm one to kick it in gear. Little did I know though, how much time it truly has taken to heal and to embrace that singleness. Yeah. That's why I really want to have on repeat, like for those who know me now and who know knew me back then, they see the growth and difference. And so I really want people and listeners to know, like, this isn't easy work. There are still moments. I mean, I desire to be married and but again, I'm not just going to sit there. I'm not going to waste. It's a wasted life to me if I can't enjoy the beauty that is surrounding me, whether that be in a tree or outside and walking or watching people and people watching in the airport. Yeah. So I think just what it's kind of revealed to me is just acknowledging that and just enjoying it of whatever it brings. Yeah. And, and as a, I think of kids, you know, and this circling full circle now of we as parents or adults want to do things for our kids right away. Yeah. But I encourage you to ask, I guess, two questions or at least ask one, how can I help you? And I write about this in the book. How can I help you and have your child? Think about that instead of doing something for them. My shoes are untied. The adults, how can I help you? They have to think about asking you to to help tie their shoes and then also giving them choices. So not just saying like this one thing, this is what we're doing because that empowers them. And same thing, kid, teen, adult, whatever it is, choices help empower you. Mm, I love the power of choice so, so much. Uh, You had said in the book, I cannot tell you the reason behind my many years of singleness. I love this part. But I have learned to remind myself to trust the process. Trust is a hard one for a lot of people. Trust is hard for people, especially those who have been hurt in love. How did you learn to trust the process? Okay, for starters, I really wanted to break this down because when I started working on this with my life coach, I just kind of had it in the repeat, repeat in my mind, trust the process, Stace, trust the process. But what does that mean? So I looked up those two words, trust, and then what a process is. So Mm -hmm. trust is that firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something, Mm -hmm. right? And that builds over time. Process is a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. Mm. When I look at your, when I hear your question, Heidi, and I reflect on this, I get it. (laughs) The pieces come together because again, this didn't happen overnight. It truly took step by step. And sometimes those steps were so small. And sometimes those steps, I took a step and then I took two steps back. 
And I just, I'm big into, I know we've talked about this before of that self-talk and just shifting your talk to continue to move yourself forward, even with setbacks. So again, allowing myself to grieve and go through the grief, the stages of grief, and to know that those stages don't, aren't linear. Yeah. And also for me, putting trust in the Lord and on page 107, I include a lot of my journal entries and prayers in here that I journal about. And for me, it was me basically talking to God and saying, I know, I know, trust, trust the process, trust you, trust the process, trust myself, trust Lord, just as I want healing for blank, you fill in the blank, please work on me and heal my heart. So, you know, I think it also comes back. Part of that process is those steps we talked about earlier. Yeah. Going to the coffee shop, journaling, going for a walk. And those are the practices that you have to be intentional about. Yes. Ooh, I love that. So, 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 so much. In the book, you say, if it weren't for the this time of singleness, I wouldn't be the woman I am today. And this line resonated through my entire body. The best thing about my divorce was not losing someone I love deeply. That was not great. That hurt. That sucked. But the best part was finding myself, my true self, learning to genuinely nourish her needs, love her unconditionally. It is the best gift ever, falling in love with yourself and then creating the life that that version of you is obsessed with. So thank you for that line. I think it's incredibly powerful and moving. And I want to talk about a little bit about your word in 2021. I know we're in 2024, but back in 2021, you chose the word courage for your word of the year. I do this practice every year as well. And my word for this year is level up. And I was wondering what your word for this year is, if you have one or if you're considering one. Yeah. So I've done a word for the year for a few years now. I had to kind of count back. It's been at least four. So I'm sure I did it not before that, but it just wasn't as intentional. But courage was a huge one. And so I've had in 21, I had courage. 22, I had adventure. 23, hope. And then 24, I've been still, quote unquote, playing around with it because faith is my top core value. And that's the word that initially came to me. Ah. However, with releasing the book, I've heard a lot of people comment on how bold I am in my faith and just in putting this out there. So it's not just a word. It's a I think I've, I have it. It's bold faith with a side of surrender and stillness. <laughs> I so love a long one this year, but <laughs> I love that one because, okay. So I also started with the word consistency and I was like, consistency is my word. That's what, because I started with like, what do you need more of to feel more like you, the you that you want to be? I was like, I need more consistency, consistency in my health, consistency in my wealth, consistency in my business. Like I need more. And then I heard the song Level Up 
And I was like, oh my gosh, no, that's it. How do I want to be? I want to level up. How do I want to show up? I want to level up. And what feeds, what do I need to level up? Consistency, upgrading, more breathing. I have all these words, trust, honesty, amplification of my voice. So on my vision board, I have level up in the middle. And then I have all these little quotes like quote words, those little quote bubbles around it with all the support words. Like those are all the words I need for leveling up. So when you say like, you've been toying with, is it faith? Is it bold? Is it bold faith? Is it, uh, you know, all these other things. It's like, it can be all of them. You can pick the one and then all the others fuel and are the driving force behind that. So I love that you're like, it's it's just all these things because it is, it gets to be all of it. Yes. I, and I would, I love what you just said that you, you summarized it so nicely because that is it. And for me, I think, especially with 2024 and the release of unlocking love, I do need and want bold faith in, in this, like my arms are open to wherever this is taking me and wherever God is leading in this to help spread his light and love, but also connect with people who need it. Even if that is just face a Facebook message to me of saying, Hey, or connecting in different ways. So I need to let go. And that's sometimes just so hard to do, but I feel so free and I know I'm ready. And that's where the boldness comes in. I think. Oh and yeah. So, love it. Bold is definitely your word for sure. I feel that. And, and I feel like with level up, I've used it so many times in the last two weeks, I can't even tell you what I always go back. What I've been going back to is when things are, are just at that edge. Like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't feel like it right now. I ask myself the question, is this how you are when you level up or how are you when you level up? What do you need to level up right now? And most of the time it's, I need to do that thing. I I want to do that thing. That thing will lead me to is on path for that word. And so it's it's really become, like you said, more than a word. It's this guiding light of checking myself. It's a check-in of, I didn't feel like doing yoga yesterday, but I was like, well, I level up when I do yoga. So I'm going to do that yoga and I'm going to do this other hard thing and this other hard thing. And it was like, the universe was playing a game with me yesterday of how many times I could ask myself, are you ready to level up? Because this is what it's going to take. You ready for bold faith? This is what it's going to take. And it's going to yeah. keep showing up for you and be put in your face and in your heart and in your way to make sure you're really committed to it all year. Like we chose it. And I, yeah. I I think that that really is like a gift of shifting your perspective to singleness too. When you're like, wow, what an opportunity I have this year or this season or well, however long it lasts to be single and do things that feel good for me. And there's no one else on my timeline right now. And I need to take advantage of all these different things. This episode is being released on the 13th of February. It's officially Galentine's Day, uh, according to the books, you know, all the Hallmark holidays, the day before Valentine's Day. This is kind of a bah humbug day for many single folks or can be, but it doesn't have to be. So in your book, you share on how Valentine's Day 2021, you committed, you committed to dating and loving yourself. Why did you make that commitment and what did it mean for you? So while we were talking about our last little bit, um, 
oh, sing, uh, being single and just singleness, what popped in my head was labels. And so shifting your mindset of, yes, your s- relational status is single. However, who are you? <laughs> and you're not the label of single, you yeah. know, I am Stacy, and my life is full of beautiful things, beautiful people. And I think that it, it just piggybacks off of that with Valentine's Day and Valentine's Day. And it is for years, for years, I was like, oh, I always, when I do date someone or get married, like, I don't want Valentine's Day to be just one day to share my love. No, it should be every day that you're sharing love. However, someone had asked me on another podcast, I think one time, like, what's your favorite holiday? And most recently, my response to that was, it might sound funny, but Valentine's. Because Valentine's is just the label. However, it is a day of love and kindness. And, you know, Jesus loved humans, no matter who you were, he loved. And I want to love and I want to show people that love. The person I needed to show myself love the most in 2021 first is myself. So being able to commit to that and looking inward, what do I need? What does that look like for me? I need a time to dig deep into that. Yeah. And so I do say on page 129 that it was time to lean into these experiences to forgive myself for sins that we had committed while together for my ex and I, and to begin to date and love one person before anyone else, dot, 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 myself. And so that's when I commit and I, committed to loving myself, enjoying places, nature, time with God, with people, um, with myself. Yes. That's hard. That is hard to enjoy you. And so I encourage anyone because I know February can be that Bahambug mentality. However, I want to encourage you to shift shift that and maybe ask yourself, what might you consider doing for yourself and then others on that day? And where are you finding love on Galentine's Day, Valentine's Day, or any other day for that matter? Yes. Yes. You know, the comeback is all about, in my opinion, I'm learning so much more this year about what that means for me and my clients and people in general. And what it means to so many people is reclamation. It's this reclaiming. It's this reclaiming. And so when you talk about that in the book, I think, oh my gosh, she's reclaiming the love for herself. She ha- is, She's recommitting the love to herself and the time to love herself, which shows up in the dates we take ourselves on. And I think that if we can set ourselves up by enjoying the time we spend by ourselves and learn to really love ourselves in those moments, we are setting ourselves up for so, like just such a really healthy relationship with self and with others in the future. Because if your partner down the line 
if you end up having one isn't available on Valentine's Day, you can still love yourself in that day or any other day, quite frankly. If they're gone, if they're traveling, or heaven forbid something horrible happens to them and you're left alone because no day is ever guaranteed, like you really can do yourself a major service by loving yourself deeply and um, getting the, the support and the tools to do that now. So I love that part of the book so much. We have a few more minutes here. So I want to choose my questions wisely, but I really love this one. In the chapter, you have to start somewhere. Ooh, I love this. There's so many great chapters. You are just <laughs> like in that chapter, you're describing a time when you climbed this mountain. And it was a tough climb. And on your way down, you saw a mother and her child. And she stopped and asked you, are we almost to the top? And you reply, you have a long way to go, but it take all it takes is one step at a time. And this concept of one step at a time is so powerful. And so many of our listeners are here searching for steps to create their comeback. So I'm wondering what one step would be to encourage these folks to take if they are in a season of singleness. What's one step? I think this step of asking yourself, what is the next step in my process of healing? What is my next step in the process of finding out and discovering who I am or how to love myself? And in saying that too, you know, I'm kind of tying some of the trusting the process in with this of what is that next small step to take you in the process of trusting yourself again, or trusting yourself maybe for the first time. And so I guess we've been talking about it throughout the whole podcast, but journaling, putting a post-it note up that it's visual yeah. for you set a reminder on your phone. And it could be even something, a small, teeny tiny acorn step, like oak trees have to start somewhere. They start with an acorn and it takes a long time to grow into a strong, mighty oak. And so maybe it is just taking two deep breaths to refocus yourself, uh, taking yourself on a solo date, brain dumping what's on your mind. But I have to tell you that that breath, taking a breath and slowing down, that is a really small step and big step in a big way. Yeah. Slowing down is probably the thing that I would recommend as the very first step. Even in, even in this, in, even in the book, when you're, when you see that woman and, and I could picture it in my mind, cause you did such a great job describing it. I imagine if she would just had stopped and paused for a second, which maybe she did by asking you that question. Like she didn't even realize she was pausing. She needed a pause. She needed a break. Then you gain the momentum and the clarity a lot of times to take the next step, right? I remember I was on a trip with my mom and my sisters to Colorado and my older sister, we were all climbing and the elevation was heavy and I was pretty fit at the time, but I was struggling. My mom needed a couple breaks and my little sister needed some breaks. My my older sister just had this look of like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. And if I stop now, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know if I keep putting one foot in front of the other and she was saying out loud to her, I will never forget. She's like, one more step, one more step. 
one more step. And she passed all of us. She was at the back and I heard her coming, talking to herself. And she just took a deep breath. One more step, one more step. And I just watched her skyrocket to the top and I'm way down here and it was okay. I was so, I felt so inspired by her in that moment because she was encouraging herself. She wasn't doing it for any of us. She was doing it for herself because she knew she could get there if she just did it one step at a time and she just kept moving forward. And I was just, I was blown away by that. And I think that's that one step at a time is really huge. Huge. When you bring, yeah, you bring up a good point too, because that's what I was thinking about. Of I feel like this was yesterday. I know exactly where it was. Like you, if you can visualize it, I mean, it is clear as night. And you know, when you look up the mountain and you see people that look like little ants, yes, yeah, you see like there's a long way to go. However, the people, when you stop and pause, you might need to take a deep breath. You're also realizing and recognizing that we're all on our journey and it looks different for us all. And so your mom needed some extra breaks. You needed to just take some breaths and your sister needed to encourage herself. In this moment, I was encouraging this mom. And so just reminding ourselves to the power of encouraging others and encouraging yourself, which is what your sister was doing. And And that is powerful. I really believe that a lot of times when we do encourage ourselves, we demonstrate, we do demonstrate to others what the possibilities are. We inspire by being, we inspire by showing, we inspire by embodying. And I just, and we never know when we're doing that. So it's so important to just do that. Just be that. There's nothing else that you need to do in life other than focus on being true to you, being your true authentic self. And when you do that, Nothing will miss you. Nothing that's meant for you will miss you. Everything on path for you will find you. And it's really, really important that we honor that part of ourselves and trust that part of ourselves. Um, I love that. And I think it's important too to, I know we're wrapping up time, but it's important to acknowledge that in someone else too, if you see that. Yes. Because it, it, this is tough work to grow ourselves. It takes work. And so when you see that in someone It is just that little affirmation that might just help keep them going. And you never know what that encouragement will bring. Yeah. I mean, to this day, I still think about that moment with my sister too. You just gave me permission to message her tonight and be like, remember that time? Like I thought about that today and it really inspired me. And I know that will, that will mean a lot to her just out of nowhere on a trip we took like 10 years ago, you know, that I'm still thinking about that moment of how she inspired me. That's a big deal. So huge. you never know what kind of impact you have on someone. It's so true. Um, I want to get to one more thing real quick here. You use the phrase rebuilding my soul. And I am obsessed with this segment. <laughs> In the end, you say my story was never about finding another person to complete me. My love, I'm going to, I'm choked up reading this out loud. My love story is about taking the time and choosing to unlock the parts of myself that kept me captive for so long. And I believe that that is truly the greatest gift that singleness can ever give to you. Like it just is. So I, that really wasn't a question. It just was, that was a mic drop at the end of the book that literally leaves me in tears to this moment. It's, it's so big. 
Thanks. Thank you. I, yeah, it, it is. And that's yeah. when I sign books and personalize books and talk to people, you know, unlocking love has always it for years now that has always been the title. And when I was working with my book coach, she had mentioned something about unlocking love. She wasn't quite sure about it. And I just kept going back to unlocking love. And then when I, those words just flowed out of me because when that popped into my head, that's exactly what I was starting my journey on to unlock the love from within myself. And that's what I write to people and encourage people. And it takes time and but it is so worth it. And, and it might, again, going back to small steps, those parts of yourself, it's not just you unlock yourself and you're free. No. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to tell you right now that when I do start dating again, that is going to be another part that I have to unlock and that I want to unlock in a different way. But And because of all the work that I've done along the way, I'm ready to do that. And I have the support around me to help me unlock those pieces even more. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. What a way to honor yourself too. The gift of singleness is also allowing this time to prepare you for whatever might attract itself to you, to the true you. And so like that last part of your book, unlocking the parts of yourself that kept you captive for so long. I want to remind our listeners, like your singleness is not holding you captive. You're holding yourself captive by thinking that your singleness is holding you back. So use your singleness as a time to rebuild your soul and continue your journey. This is, this isn't the end. This is just another chapter and an opportunity to truly, truly find the gifts of in your life and look at it as it as that way. So thank you for your love and your light and this incredible book. It's truly, truly amazing. I want you to tell our listeners where they can get more connection with you and more, more of you in their life and get the book. Yeah. So you can go to my website um, and email me for a signed copy. I highly encourage you to do that. And I prefer that because I write a personalized message. I pray over each copy and I ship it out to you. It's also sold on Amazon and it's an ebook form and paperback. You can connect to me on Instagram and Facebook. And I know in the show notes, you'll have the spelling for my first and my last name. So if, if you don't find me, it might be because you spelled my last na- name wrong. <laughs> but I look forward to connecting with so many people. And please don't hesitate to reach out because you truly are loved and you are never alone. We are yes. in this together. Yes, 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 yes. I know you've answered these before, but it's different every time. So what's one thing that you love about you? Oh. <laughs> Well, I I think I know my last answer, but I don't think it's changed. I think I answered this last time as I'm a heavy empath. And Mm. that is one thing I have acknowledged. I've accepted. I'm compassionate to myself about. It's still hard sometimes, but I do. I love that. I feel so deeply and for not just myself, but for others. And yeah, I think that would be it again. Yes. And then what does joy feel like in your body? 
it might sound cliche, but this. (laughs) (laughs) I feel so joyful and so free right now. And I'm going to embrace that because I also know life. And I also know that other valleys will come. But because we grow in the valley and we have to walk through that valley, I know that I will do that again. So right now I'm just life, like the snow right now falling and being (laughs) in a snow globe, like that is bringing me joy. And yeah, just this, my life right now. I love that answer so much. This, like that speaks a lot to presence and the work that you've done and the woman you are. So just thank you for your light again. Thanks for coming for a double uh, a double feature on the podcast. You are incredible. And I appreciate you putting yourself and your book out into the world. It's, it is a beautiful, beautiful testimony. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you so much. I love anytime. I will be on this show anytime. You just invite <laughs> me back. <laughs> <laughs> will do. And to all of our listeners, remember you are safe. You are loved. You are enough. Go out into the world, shine your light bright and live a limitless life. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in. If you loved our chat or know someone who would, take a quick screenshot and share it now or leave a five-star review so this message can reach the masses. Let's continue connecting over on Instagram at Divorce Comeback Coach or go to divorcecomebackcoach.com to start coordinating your comeback today. You can even schedule a free connection call to see if our comeback community and group coaching experience is for you. Tune in next week for another transformational topic. And remember, you are safe, you are loved, you are worthy, you are enough. Take care.